Welcome to the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Wes McAdams, and on today's episode, James Sumner's Sam Dominguez and I discuss why we need to get serious about our sin. The sponsor of today's episode is Campaign Capitol Hill, which is a grassroots effort by Churches of Christ aimed at raising awareness in the Brotherhood on the fine line between politics and religion, preaching the gospel to our nation's leaders, focusing on repentance and God's standard of morality, and reaching lost souls with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You can find Campaign Capitol Hill on Facebook at facebook.com slash Campaign Capitol Hill or on their website at campaigncapitolhill.com. There you'll find more information on how to join the march for God's Word. And now let's jump right into our discussion. Well, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of us assign personality uh, characteristics mm-hmm. to these uh, you know, sins or flaws or or things that we should be improving. You know, it, it doesn't always boil down to this is a sin I should stop, but rather excuses for why we don't do things that are good that we're called to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I've 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 always been the strong silent type, mm-hmm. and so I'm not, I'm just going to sit back and not say anything. Like, well, you know what we. I should change my my mental image to being a person who speaks out for the glory of God, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not glorifying God by being the strong, silent type. But you know, I think um, a lot of us struggle with the idea of of renewal. Uh, you know, we have these whatever it be nostalgic feelings about our personality and about who we are, who we think we are, uh, this mental image of ourselves, and we think, well, you know, if I renewed that. You know, if I refinished that chair, it wouldn't be Grandma's chair anymore. And you say, "Well, yeah, but it's it doesn't function as a chair. <laughs> if you sit in it, mm-hmm. it's going to fall apart. It needs to be renewed. It needs to be refinished." Well, but but then it wouldn't be Grandma's chair, you know. And we we struggle with with these weird uh, attractions to to our personality traits that, in truth, really ought to be done away with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that one of the things that today, especially in our culture, we want to be perceived as people that are authentic. We want to be perceived as people that are transparent and empathetic with people. And so we want to be able to be gracious and loving. And when somebody comes to us and, and confesses a sin, or when we find out there's a sin in somebody's life, or even when we have to confront them about sin, we we often try to you know, soften the blow by saying, well, you know, I struggle with all of these things too, you know, and I have these struggles, and let me tell you about all of my struggles. And it's like, yeah, but are they? Are they struggles or are they your practices? Has that become who you are? And you're just so comfortable with that. In fact, the way we talk about it is we talk about it in the present tense. We talk about it as if it is something we are continuing to do. And... (laughs) I almost quoted Yoda this morning in my sermon. <laughs> I was waiting for I it. Was I was so waiting close, for it, and I and I and I couldn't. But I said, I almost said, you <laughs> That's know, that's not a line in, you need in, to cross. In, in the words, in the words of that uh, green uh, green philosopher, you know, uh, there there is no try. You know, it's either do or do not. There is no I was try. Waiting for that the whole morning. But but that's you know we we say that we say you know I'm trying I'm trying to do better or I'd like to do better, but and and maybe we are. You know, I mean, giving the people the benefit of the doubt, maybe we really are. But we're 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 certainly not a lot of times trying very hard. We're not we're not deciding to to do whatever is necessary. And I almost used it as there were several things I wanted to say this morning, but didn't have time. But um, that's why it's a part one and a part two sermon <laughs> today. But um, but you know, it's like if your hair was on fire. You know, I mean, it, I mean, how how long would you be okay with that? How long would you you know if your clothes were on fire and you'd be like. 
you know, I, I'm struggling, you know, I've got some fire in my life and, you know, I'm struggling with that. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put that out. I'm, I'm, I'm working real hard at putting that out. I'd, I really like to not be on fire someday. And it's like, what, what are you doing? I mean, stop, drop and roll, man. What are you thinking? Um, but we do, we just, we don't um, feel that, that, um, Urgency or urgency? Yeah, yes, yeah. There, there, there's a, there's not a sense of urgency, and it's like, do you you not realize that it's not okay for another day to go by that this is in your life? And yes, it is possible that after repenting, you may slip up again. But you know, we've got to we've got to decide. I'm done. I'm finished. No more. This is it. You know, and 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 take a stand against those things in our life. But yeah, we I think we. Um, you know, we hear a sermon and we say, oh, it was a good point. You know, I, I, I need to work on that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we do need to work on that. But some things we need to say, no, I'm done. I'm done working on it. I'm, I'm going to complete this level and I'm going to move on to the next level. It, it reminds me of, uh, you know, uh, like my process for losing weight. It's always something I'm working on. I'm not doing anything to lose weight. <laughs> I'm not changing anything about my life in order to accomplish that goal, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's like our want tos become our try tos, and it's like, oh, well, wow. just because I'm desiring for this outcome, that that counts as I'm trying to get there. Well, right. not necessarily. Right. No, if you're not actually taking any steps, if you're not being proactive about mm-hmm. these things, then no, it's it's just a would like to. Right. But it reminds me of an article my dad just wrote um, uh, called "One of These Days," where he talks about the phrase. You know, we we use it all the time. Well, one of these days. We should mm-hmm. do this or that, or one of these days I'm going to, and, and it's a lot of times. Sometimes you know we give the benefit of the doubt. It's just because well, there's not a way to put a, a time mm-hmm. to that thing that you're talking about doing, and you just want to express the the positive nature of yes, this is something I would like to do. But a lot of times it's also used specifically because I don't want to pin myself down to doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to, someone wants to have you, you know, well, I, you know, let's get together and do this. Yeah, one of these days we should mm-hmm. do that, because what you're really subtly saying is, no, I don't want to do that with right. you, so I'm going to assign it to this uh, uh, non-existent time frame. And I think for a lot of us, the sins that we kind of hold close, mm-hmm. that we're nostalgic about our old mm-hmm. lifestyle and the things that we used to, you know, sometimes maybe it's, well, if I say no, it's not a concern about what if I screw up again. It's a concern of, but then I won't get to do that anymore. Mm-hmm, absolutely, you know. And so it becomes a well, yeah. One of these days, I'm going to change that attitude. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to be the type of guy who can stand up and lead a prayer or teach a class or whatever, uh, you know, mature Christian example of things that we're supposed to be doing. And we completely eliminate any of the work, any of the like, like James was just talking about that mm-hmm. is self improvement that says no, not you can say. One of these days, I'm going to be the type of Christian who can get up and teach a class, and here's what I'm doing to get Mm -hmm. there. These are the Christians that I'm talking to. These are the men I'm trying to learn from. These are the women I'm trying to learn from to better myself. Mm -hmm. These are the ways that I'm going about renewal. These are the old parts of my life that I'm tearing out and throwing away and the new things that I'm replacing them with. Most of the time, though, it just hangs in that one of these days phase. And isn't it different to say, one of these days, I'm going to do that well and 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 I, I and but today I'm going to do it. Or one of these days I'm going to I'm going to stop wanting to do that. But today I'm going to stop doing it. You know, I mean, one day it won't be a struggle for me. One day I'll be able to not w- want that. But today 
I'm not going to do it. Uh, but but yet we say one of these days I'm going to stop doing that, and so we're okay with tapering it off. And it's like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> let let let's decide. I'm not going to taper it off. And yeah, it's going to be hard. And there's going to be whatever it is. I mean, you know, obviously with chemical addictions, there's a you know there is a drug, you know there is a you know a chemical dependency, but. But we have an addiction to all kinds of behaviors just because it has become is become a, our pattern. It's become you know our life, and uh, and sometimes we need to to not be okay with tapering it off, and we need to just say, okay, it's going to be hard, but today I am done. I am finished. You know, we 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 treat our our mental ascent to these things as well. I have to taper it off. Mm-hmm. It's like no, there might be something that you need to physically taper off slowly for mm-hmm. health concerns and whatnot. You know, you can't just yank your body around 180 without snapping something. Right. You know, you're gonna pull a muscle trying to do that. But a lot of times we act like we're gonna pull a mental muscle. We're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, okay. I'm gonna make that decision, but I gotta slowly creep mm-hmm. up on it. And you know, like, no, you can mentally ascend to it right now. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of the things that take physical time to break ourselves out of mm-hmm. you know lifestyles and whatnot where we have to adapt you know we need to change jobs we need to you know all, mm-hmm. all manner of things that we need right. to make improvement on those take time but you can't do that unless you make the mental decision first mm-hmm. unless you lock that in and that's the thing that nobody wants to get bound down to that's what mm-hmm. i struggle with getting better. well if i actually make this decision well that means i need to start working that way mm-hmm. and the longer i put off the decision and you know, I, one thing I think is I think that we're okay with admitting to ourselves or even somebody else just telling us that we need improvement, but we're not okay with someone telling us or even admitting to ourselves, you're not okay the way you are right now. You know, it's one thing for somebody to look at me and say, Wes, you need to lose some weight, you know, or you need to improve in this area. You don't need to lose any more weight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that. But uh, at one point, you know, I mean, you know, it, it would have been okay, but but for somebody to say, you are not healthy, you are not this, you are not that, I mean, that's huge. And I don't think we want to admit that to ourselves. So we, we somebody brings up a lesson on reading the Bible or studying the Bible or uh, praying more or fasting or whatever, and we think, yeah, yeah, that would be good. I, I need to get around to making that, I need to get better at that. I need to do better at that. And it's one thing to admit, I need to get better at that. Or somebody that's looking at pornography and they, you know, and they say, well, yeah, I, I probably don't need to do that so much, you know, and, and I really wish that wasn't a part of my life. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that less. Um, and so, um, you know, that's one thing, but for somebody to say, no, you are wrong today and this needs to change today. And if you don't get this right, your 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 soul is in danger. Um, that is that's a big thing to take. We don't like to talk that way to each other, and we don't even like our our self communication in our head to be that strong. You know, admonishing us. One of the things that this is making me think about is actually um, a <clears throat> a sermon that your brother David's did a long time ago. I don't even remember when that was, but I remember him talking about. Being today the man you want to be, or, or choosing today the man you want to be, and planning how you're going to get there. He it was on a Father's Day, and he had us all get up, who men who were fathers, men who were about to be fathers, men who wanted to be fathers someday, men who were married, men who were not married, but people who wanted to be fathers said, "Today you need to choose to be the man that your children will need you to be." And you need to start today preparing yourself to be that person so that you can be the person that they need you to be, that you can be the Christian 
uh, example that you need to be so that you can be able to lead them and show them what it means to be a Christian. And that, and all of this is also reminding me of, uh, we were talking about the, the um, Jesus' parable about the wise man and foolish man this morning. The, the very fact that Jesus says, the one who does what, hears what I say and does it is wise. And the one who hears it and does not do it is a fool. And and the thing is that that's really the person. And this is this is happen. This happens to me sometimes too. I hear I hear Wes say something. I hear him uh, say something profound or 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 something that he's teaching that's challenging me. And and I say, that's right, that's right, amen. And and it's just like. When I said amen, I released the need to do anything about mm. it because I acknowledged that it was true and I can move on. But, th- but that's not right because what Jesus is teaching us is saying, okay, you acknowledge that you hear it. You acknowledge that it's true. Now you got to do something about it because otherwise if you do nothing about it, you are a fool. And a fool is, is essentially, I mean, we'll, we'll condemn ourselves to hell if, if we just say, well, you know what? I'm okay with with acknowledging the truth and doing absolutely nothing about it. Well, we're very comfortable with our verbal assent being, you know, the totality of our response. You know, and uh, we talked about that in the overflow class too. You know, say okay, when the preacher gets up and he says something and he says something is very important and you say amen, do you then say and my life is going to affirm that amen? Mhm. You know, yes, okay, I, I affirmed the statement that the preacher made, or I affirmed the statement that the Scripture made to me, but does my life back up that affirmation? Or does my life say, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess you said it was fine, or yeah, you mentally agree with that, but you're not applying it in any particular way. And, you know, I think I was that way for years, where it was like, mm-hmm, yeah, that was great. You know, it's it's kind of part and par- parcel with the... The idea of, man, that was a great sermon. I wish so-and-so had been here to hear that. Mm-hmm. Instead of, the, well, okay, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but you needed to be thinking about it yourself, you know, not worrying about someone else who needed to hear it. And that's something, you know, all throughout Scripture. I mean, it's never about agreement. It's not about, do you agree with God or not? I mean, it's, it's do you have faith? And, that, and that's where we so fundamentally misunderstand what faith is all about. I mean, that's why James said what James said. The other James, the James in the Bible, not the James that's sitting with us. <laughs> I say it too. Uh, you, but you do say it too. I think that's the second time we've said that on the podcast. I do that on almost purpose. verbatim. Anyway, I love James. Yes, let's right. cut that out. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, faith without works is dead. It's it's not faith. It is not faith to to just agree with something and say that's right. You know that that sin that's a sin or you know people shouldn't do that. And, you know, even when you think about confessing Christ. Obviously, there is a verbal part of that. Paul says that in Romans 10, that with the mouth we confess. But but the idea of confession, the idea of acknowledging Christ, is never just about making a verbal agreement. Yes, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yes, that's part of it. But it's more about discipleship. It's more about, yes, but do you live as if Jesus is Lord? And I wonder, you know, I mean, if... If we found out tomorrow that, you know, obviously in this room, that'd be one thing, but if Christians in general 
found out that there was no God or that, you know, everything they were doing is wrong or, you know, would it really, would anything in their life even change? You know, mm-hmm. it, or, you know would that change anything? Or, or you know, because a lot of us, it, it probably wouldn't change anything, you know, and except what they do on Sunday. It's like, no, Christianity is such a radical transformation of everything and it shapes everything, not just that we believe, not just, just that we, we agree to. It, it is about what happened in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. But it's not just about understanding that Jesus died on a cross and that Jesus rose from the dead. It's about that changes everything. The reason I do everything and the way that I do everything and what I do and what I refuse to do, it changes everything. But more and more, we are starting to see people that claim Christianity but are so conform to the world. I mean, it's like that video. I know, I don't know if, James, did you see that video um, about the, I'm a Christian, but I'm not judgmental. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a hypocrite. I'm a Christian, but it's like, well, except for the people you're judging by that very statement, you know, or whatever. Um, There's the puppet remix of it. Yeah, I I like the parody. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, but I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's like, I'm a Christian, but yet I don't live by Christian standards. I'm a Christian, but yet I have no idea what living a Christian lifestyle is all about. It's like, instead of just our words being our amen, our life should be our amen. Right. I mean, we, the, Jesus says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. You're, and, and so from that we say, okay, a light can be seen from anywhere in the darkness. And if I'm going to be that light... Then, then that means that I have to, I, I have to do the things that God would have me to do, so that my light can shine brightly um, for for all to see. Not for myself, but that my works may glorify God, and mm-hmm. that that we should that we should seek to improve our our lives, not for ourselves. We should seek to improve the way we live for the glory of God, so that we can seek to say, you know what. I'm not good at talking to people that I don't know, but I can be better, and so I need to do something about it. So today I'm going to to step away from my pew, and I'm going to go talk to people that I haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to people that I have met, but I haven't really built a relationship with. I'm going to invite people to my house so that we can fellowship together and 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 eat around a table and and uh, and get to know each other better. I'm going to X Y Z whatever it is that I need to do to pursue a better relationship with my brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can grow in faith and understanding and be able to 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 tackle our sins together. Well, uh, you know, that it just brings me back to where we started the conversation. I think there's a lot of us, and I say us because, you know, this was a self-examination where this idea first popped into my mind of people who, you know, come up out of the waters of baptism to uh, newness of life, and then spend the rest of that new life pining for the old one, mm. nostalgic about the old one. Maybe they're not necessarily following through on that. They've actually done away with the sin. I mean, what you were talking about was, well, what if what if we found out we were all wrong and all of this was unnecessary? Would anybody's lives change? And it made me think of another aspect of that was, well, there might be a whole lot of people in the church who, without a moment's hesitation, ran back to their sin. Mm-hmm because they never stopped pining for that sin. They never mm-hmm. stopped wanting to do that thing, whatever it was. And if that's the case, then those people are no better off than they were before. And, you know, they've they've taken on the new life, 
but they don't spend their time doing what God wants them to do for the glory of God, for the love of God. They've certainly never reached the maturity to have the obedience mm-hmm. of will, where it's to say, I have no will but that which you would give to me. What I desire is what you desire. Rather, everything is uh, uh, willful obedience, mm-hmm. where it's, yeah, I'll do what you want because you want me to, but you know, because you're also threatening to send me to hell. Mm-hmm. But I don't love you that much. So just do it because you love me and that you sent your son to suffer amazing agony at at your cost and not mine. I mean, it, I don't do it out of love. I don't do it out of love. I don't do it. I mean, I mean, how many how many marriage relationships would change if one spouse or the other or both in in most cases wouldn't wait until there was the threat of someone leaving mm-hmm. or the threat of some catastrophic failure to say, "Oh, well, well now I'll do what you want me to do." Because I'm I'm terrified of this catastrophic end or or for of the punishment of this mm-hmm. thing or all the problem that's going to cause, but rather say, no, I do all of these things because I love you out of love, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else. Well, if everybody was doing that to begin with, well, you'd never get to that catastrophic end, would mm-hmm. you? But yeah, it's always like I think about the Israelites. The story of the Israelites, in some ways, would be really, really. I hope this comes across the right way, but really, really boring if they were actually faithful from the, from the beginning <laughs> to the end. I mean, there wouldn't be nearly so much in the Old be, Testament. They went into the Promised Land, did exactly what God said, and and and, and, and they are there ever after. Yeah, and they are there to this day, still doing the exact things that God said to do. And uh, I mean, wouldn't that be a different story? Because instead, it's like, look at what amazing thing God did, and then look at what what. Man does with what God gives him. God does amazing things, and then man says, "Well, I don't know. I mean, was did, was that really God that brought all these plagues?" Mm-hmm. And we're not willing to just accept the fact God is God, and I want to please Him because He's awesome, amazing. He did all this stuff, and there's no reason for me to doubt Him any further. So I'm just going to go with what He said, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it to His glory. And and. And the more we do that, the more wonderful we find it to be. The more, even if in the beginning we think, I don't know why God would expect us to do this, or why would God, he just wants to, you know, ruin all my fun and take away all the fun out of life, you know, even if that's how we begin a life of obedience, the more we do it, the more we, we, we don't dabble in obedience, but yet we, we just, we just faithfully obey and do what he says, like Naaman going down into the water in Second Kings. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why I'm doing it, but but you're right. I, I it's it's too easy not to do. And if there's the chance that I'm going to be cleansed, then I'm going to do it. And so seven times in the door. And you know, the more we do that, the more we discover what an amazing life it is. The more we say, you know what? Forget it. If, I, if I've always been the strong, silent type, I'm going to get to know my brethren. Forget it. If I've always had an anger problem, I'm going to stop getting mad at people and biting people's head off. I'm going to do what God wants me to do, live the life that He wants me to live. And then it was like, wow, well, this is awesome. Why isn't everybody doing this? You know, and uh, but but so few Christians even get to experience the joy of that because they, they're dabbling in Christianity and rather than faithfully living out the life. I mean, it is, we are living in the promised land. The, the, the Jews look forward to what we have. We are living in the Sabbath rest. We are living in what all of that was pointing to, to but yet none of us experience that. And so when people talk about the peace that passes understanding, 
They think about, what? I don't have that. You know, I, I still live a life that's worry-filled and that's just full of turmoil and guilt and remorse. And, you know, I'm always making the wrong decisions. And, you know, they're still living in 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 a place that it doesn't feel like the promised land because they're dabbling in it. Well, it's because so many Christians start down the path and never mature. Mm-hmm. They're not taking the actions necessary for maturity. Uh, so many congregations are not striving toward having a mature flock. You know, so many elderships are not like ours here where they are really striving for a mature flock, where they, they don't sit back and let a person who they know is immature and has been for years stay in that state. They try and make sure that they get the food they need to mature. And, and it, you know, it ends up being like Paul having to write to him and say, you should be eating meat now, mm-hmm. but I'm having to once again give you this milk. Why am I having to give you this milk? And there are so many times when, as a as a teacher or Bible class teacher, people will ask questions or they will be confused about a particular idea, and it's so difficult to to tell them. Look, the answer is maturity. Mm-hmm. The answer is you need to start applying this stuff, and then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it's not going to make sense unless you get on the other side of this and start doing what God tells you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling you it does make sense, but you're not going to believe me until you get in there and you start trying it. Mm-hmm. You start being what God wants you to be. You know, so often we, we find Christians, myself included, who are pining for the old self. They're pining for the old man. And if they just give that up and commit themselves to the new flesh, the new life that has been given to us, you realize, oh, this is so much better. Mm-hmm. I like myself better now. I'm much more pleased with who I am mm-hmm. now. Uh, oh, this thing that I thought I could never do, oh, it turns out I'm actually very capable of doing it with the help of God. Mm-hmm. And things are so much better. It's just how many Christians, though, they can't demonstrate in their, in their, you know, they feel the necessity to evangelize, but they can't demonstrate to people why life is better as a Christian mm-hmm. because they've never matured to the point where life is better as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, all they can do is say, well, yeah, it, it is difficult being a Christian. And it's like, well, yeah, there are difficult things that happen, but life is better mm-hmm. when it's done God's way. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are challenges, but it's better, but we can't demonstrate that because we haven't matured. And isn't it sad that most of our evangelism revolves around eternity? I mean, it all revolves around where a person's going to spend eternity. It's like, yes, that's great, and I can't wait to see my Lord. But at the same time, Christianity makes this life so much better, so fewer regrets, so less guilt. I mean, not only am I forgiven, but I don't have to continue living the life that led to the guilt in the first place. We're supposed to be being transformed. It should be better now than it was 20 years ago. It should be, and the longer you're in Christ, the better it should be getting. And we should be able to look at somebody and say, no, this is, this is, this is a sweet rest. You know, come on in. The water's fine. A big thanks to all of our guests and to Cameron McElyer for his help in the production of this show. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope this discussion inspires you to have these kinds of spiritual discussions with people in your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to discuss, please call and leave us a short voicemail at 707-238-2216. That's 707-238-2216. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day. 